Cardinal Blaze Supich. Cardinal Blaze Supich. Contradiction. All kinds of liturgical abuse are accepted in the Archdiocese of Chicago. We saw Mayor Lightfoot, not a Catholic, living in an unnatural marriage, receive communion in the presence of Cardinal Supich. I'm going to show you some footage of a Christmas Eve mass in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And then I'm going to ask you, why are these deformations of the Novus Ordo liturgy allowed in the Catholic Church? They're allowed in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And yet, Cardinal Supich will say, beginning next month, that the traditional Latin Mass will not be allowed. It will be restricted. It will not be allowed on the first Sundays of the month, which is totally arbitrary. It will not be allowed on Christmas. It will not be allowed on Triduum, that is Good Friday, Holy Saturday. It won't be allowed on Easter Sunday, and it won't be allowed on Pentecost Sunday. See, the traditional Latin Mass for hierarchs like Blaise Supich is dangerous. It is bad. It must be regulated like drugs in a pharmacy. But when it comes to liturgical abuse, non-Catholics receiving the Holy Eucharist, the body and blood of Jesus Christ, shrugs, no discipline. So today I'm going to run a clip that's just a few days old. It's four days old of a mass in Chicago with Cardinal Supich's approval. No discipline, no problems, and yet just in the same archdiocese, St. John Cantius is going to be getting restricted. It's not fair, of course. We know that. Someone says, why are you so negative? I'm not being negative. I'm covering one of the most important topics of our time, and that is the worship of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, as it has been celebrated for century, for century, for century, for century. The Mass that forged saints and offers a perfect worship to Almighty God being suppressed while heresy and liturgical abuse are being promoted. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm not being negative. I'm covering one of the most important elements of the infiltration. And that is liturgical. Why? Because lay people are not going to sit down at night and read the entire documents of the Second Vatican Council or the Council of Florence or the Council of Trent or the First Nicene Council or the Second Nicene Council. Lay people are formed 99% plus by the liturgy, by the prayers, by the liturgical year, by the rites and rituals of our Catholic faith. And the devil knows that if you want to confuse people and take away their faith and introduce heresies, you confuse the liturgy, you confuse the prayers. And that's exactly what's going on. And I'm going to show it to you today. You're going to see it with your own eyes. You do your own research. You make your own judgment, but you're going to see it here today. We're going to pray first. We're going to pray in Our Father, 
for Cardinal Blaise Supic. Oremus. In nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Patron Noster, qui es in Celi, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniet regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, secut in cello et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimite nobis debita nostra. Sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos amalo. Amen. Nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right. Let's jump into this. This is um, from Chicago. St. Sabina. I'm going to pull it up on the screen. Please bear with me. That's oh, the wrong screen. I'm going to, maybe if I have time, I'll show you that one. This is the one that we're talking about. So what you're seeing here is a Christmas Eve celebration by the faith community of St. Sabina. The priest, the pastor is Father Michael Fledger, Fleger, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it. I do know that he was a big fan of Barack Obama. Um, I do know that he's very much into the liberation theology side of things. And as you watch this liturgy on Christmas Eve, uh, you're going to get a taste of liturgy that is allowed and tolerated in Chicago. The Latin Mass? No. This? Yes. And so there's quite a bit of it. I'm going to pause and talk along the way. I hope you don't mind. I'll make some commentaries. But again, this is, I want you to do your own research. Someone in the beginning, why are you so negative? Look, I'm telling you to pray for these people. Pray for Cardinal Supich. Pray for Pope Francis. We're a church. We're a family. All right. Make your own decisions. Here we go. Archdiocese of Chicago, liturgy, four days ago. The people who walk in the darkness have seen a great light. But have we? We look around and all our eyes can see is destruction and chaos. Division. Okay, so we've seen a great light. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is all about. But now, when we look around, all we see is destruction and division. And as you'll see, racism. Here it goes. And even death. What happened to peace on earth and goodwill towards all men? Instead, darkness has seemingly drained the life out of us. This, by the way, is in the liturgy, and I'm pretty sure it's not an approved text. And the light has been replaced with moral depravity, trouble, affliction. We see a decline in mental health and an increase in depression, anxiety, and children of all ages has stolen their childhood. Hate is sweeping across the nation. And so, hey, so this is Christmas in Chicago. Uh, we're 39 minutes in here on the liturgy video. Um, this is all made up. This is not rubrics. This is not the Roman Missal. This is just 
a lady talking. Ways like we've never seen before. Racism has become just as natural as the air. They've got a guy in a cassock alb with his, he's supposed to be racism. I guess he's a Ku Klux Klan guy. All right. I mean, again, this is allowed, this is promoted as liturgy, as sacrifice of the mass, and the, and the traditional Latin mass is being restricted in the same diocese. This is the contradiction. Today's show is called The Supich Contradiction. If you like this video, thumbs up. Please share it on Facebook. Subscribe if you're new. Hit the bell. Here we go. Sexism has become a common reality in our present day culture. COVID-19 has consumed the hearts and minds with fear, doubt, and unfortunately, death. Thir Merry Christmas. 37 million people in the land of the free and the home of the brave live in poverty. And over 800 men, women, and children have died at the hand of violence in Chicago this year alone. What? Which has gotten worse under Mayor Lightfoot, who receives communion in a Catholic Mass. No accountability. Hey, just why? Why is the question that seemingly floods the minds of people of the world? Can you imagine if I took my eight kids to Christmas Mass and this is what we went to on Christmas Eve? I mean, <laughs> uh, I can't imagine exposing my kids to this. Hey kids, let's go celebrate the birth of Jesus and we'll listen to a woman scream on a microphone. Can one believe consistently with the common view of suffering in the world that there is an omniscient, omnipotent, perfectly good God? Our natural eyes would tell us that our world is quickly decaying and in a state of hope. I mean, the sounds, the beeping. I mean, this is torture. I'm going to take off screen for a little bit. I got to take a break from the tour. Someone says Yoko Ono is singing. This is Yoko Ono Christmas Eve mass. I can't, I can't even imagine taking my family, my wife, my little kids to this where they're screaming about racism and sexism and COVID-19 and uh, mental illness and they got the beeping and the red lights and all that. Honestly, why is St. John Cantius and the traditional Latin mass being disciplined and restricted when this baloney is going on in Chicago under Cardinal Supich? Your Eminence Cardinal Supich, why are you tolerating this and restricting people who just want to worship in the way that Catholics worshipped 
for hundreds of years. How your parents and grandparents worshipped Cardinal Supich. That's all we want to do as traditional Catholics. That's all we want to do. But you take away what you think is a doggy treat to us. All right, y'all want to go back into this video? Back into the Christmas Eve celebration <laughs> of yelling and screaming and red lights and beeping? In need of life. Sorry. Wandering. Can it be revived? This beep is from the is in the church, not not my computer. I guess it's a flatline thing. Heaven has heard your cry and responded by sending Jesus, the light of the world, to renew your strength. Emmanuel. Is this liturgy? Or is this performance like Broadway? I really think that a lot of the priests in the Novus Ordo world, these modernists, they love attention and they want to be on Broadway, off Broadway. They make the liturgy into Broadway musicals with cutesy things and sets and props and look at me. It's one reason why I like the Latin Mass. The priest just turns around and he offers prayers, he offers oblation, he offers sacrifice. I really don't want to know how cutesy father can be. And I really don't want to go to some drama that someone created. God is with you. For unto you a child is born, a son. So now we're just gonna drop into the liturgical dancing. I'm going to keep that because I don't want to go all day on this. We're just going to keep it. Drinking uh, water before ads. bed burns 46 pounds into... Skip ads. Again, traditional Latin mass is dangerous and we got to take it away from people because... Uh, Traditionis custodis and things going on in Rome. Very concerned about these trads. You know, these people, they're praying the rosary every day and they're going to the Latin Mass. They're having large families. They're, you know, trying to live their morality in conformity with the church, their marriages in conformity to the church. Um, you know, just live and be disciples of Jesus Christ in that old fashioned Roman Catholic way. They are bad, they are causing trouble. But this right here is legit, according to Cardinal Super. Fast forward. Oh. Dominion is vast and forever. I'll keep on going. Say you will receive glory. Receive glory. 
lot of dance. I mean, this is the altar or a Kia table. All right. Now we're getting to the gospel. Got it. Everyone else has masks. No, no mask. The dancers don't have masks. The priest, he's got mask on. Drums in mass, legit. Gregorian chant? Is that legit? I hope so. I hope so. Oh. By the way, Supajiva says if you're doing the Novus Ordo, not, you can't even go with the Ad Orientum. But you can do all of this. All of this is legit in Chicagoland. My brothers and sisters, the Lord is with you. Pretty sure that's not what's in the missile. Liturgical abuse. A reading from the Holy Gospel, according to Dr. Luke, the second chapter, verses 1 through 14. I mean, I know Luke was a physician, but I didn't know we're calling him Dr. Luke. Um, <laughs> you gotta laugh. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. In the Latin math, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know. Let us adore. Now we're getting to the sermon. And what's he wearing around his neck? If you're in the live feed right now, tell me what that is. From the authority and the power that God had once given humanity. Yes, humanity was lost again. Darkened by the rise of an enemy, we have failed. And so tonight, my brothers, sisters and brothers, when the woman found her coin, she caught everyone. Okay, I just got to take a break. What are y'all thinking? Somebody said he's wearing a Mercedes, a Mercedes um, necklace. I don't, or is it a peace sign? I don't know. Some people notice they didn't make the sign on their foreheads, lips, and hearts when they read the gospel. By the way, that um, is a Jewish custom. Moses talked about how the Jews had to place the law upon their forehead, their mind. This is why you'll see Jews wearing phylacteries on their foreheads. They're literally doing it. What Moses meant was actually put God's law in your mind, not wear it on your face. But anyway, we do it by putting the sign of the cross. May the, may the gospel, may Christ be in our minds, 
be on our lips and be in our hearts. That's what we do. But I guess they don't they don't do that there. But I mean, already from what you've seen, uh, there's there's not really the following of the rubrics of the Novus Ordo. And I'm going to suggest something. It's going to be controversial. You may not like it. But I believe that the Novus Ordo, with all of its variations to the penitential rite and the Eucharistic prayers and the memorial acclamations and other things that can be adjusted due to the local culture of the people, which apparently goes all the way into having idols of Pachamama in your church or in processions. And by the way, you're going to see something that looks kind of Pachamama-ish when we get to the consecration of this Novus Ordo. I'm going to suggest that the Novus Ordo, as it was crafted by Annabelle Bugnini, and I explain all about Bugnini's background, his compromise, his agenda for the liturgy, and not just changing the Mass, but all seven sacraments. That's right. It's that moment where I enlarge the book Infiltration and say, you should read Infiltration, my book. It goes through, there's a whole chapter on Annabelle Bugnini and his agenda in changing the sacraments. I'm going to say something controversial, and that is, it is all by design. You will hear people say, well, the Novus Ordo should be celebrated at Orientum. Um, you know, if you read the rubrics and in the way he turns around certain... Look, there's a reason when you go to the Novus Ordo, 99% of the time the priest is facing you. It's because Anabal Bugnini and Paul VI wanted a liturgy that was circular and communal, face-to-face. -face. They wanted to stress imminence. They didn't want to stress the transcendence, like the priest facing the same way as the people, like a bus driver facing the same way as all the people on the bus going to one destination, which is heaven, the beatific vision. And all of these variations and, you know, the Holy Gospel according to Dr. Luke and the Lord is with you and all that, all these variations are by design. They want a fluid, informal liturgy. I know you can go to St. John Cantus and go to a Novus Ordo that aesthetically looks like a TLM. But the only reason you see that at St. John Cantus is because those priests are committed and dedicated to the traditional Latin Mass and celebrating the Latin Mass as it is described in the rubrics. And so they just take the overflow of that and they try to apply it to the Novus Ordo and they say Mass after the consecration like this and they bring this in and therefore it has the aesthetic of the traditional Latin Mass. But that's because they are trained in the traditional Latin Mass. If you take that away and you just train priests in seminary with Vatican II theology and Vatican II liturgics what you see is maybe not as extreme as what you're seeing today in Chicago at Christmas Eve, but drive across the country and go across nations like I have personally. I have seen Novus Ordos in multiple states and multiple nations, from Jerusalem to Rome to England to all over. And you see the fluid, informal, playing with the rubrics and it's kind of like if they said, wire a house like this, in every single house, the electrician wires is done a certain way, perhaps not to code. But every single house, thousands upon house are wired this way. It is by design. That is what they want to do. That is how they want to wire things. And the Novus Ordo, under John Paul II, 
under Ben the 16th and now under Francis has always been a little bit wild, a little bit unstructured, a little bit informal. And can we just call a spade a spade? All right, should we watch a little more? I'm going to torture you. Let's go for a little more because I want to show you the consecration part of this. All right, here's the Joyce, because she found what was lost. Nothing can separate me from my love for you. Jesus, Emmanuel, never left it. Until there is darkness, no more. And Another app. The magical all-in-one countertop kitchen robot. And the light of God once again fills the earth. Oh, so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Father God, in the name of Jesus, may the Lord bless our tithes and offerings and the ministry. So this is prayer and this is liturgy, but this is not written in the books. So this is a local community creating their own liturgy. Supich is down with it. He likes it. Francis likes it. And they want you to like it. And you say, well, we want to get on our knees. We want to hear it in Latin. We want the, the, the whisper of the Latin mass, the beautiful chasubles and the dark church and the candles and the Gregorian chant and the altar boys, no altar girls, the formality, the rigidness of the traditional Latin mass. They say, no, it's bad. We, you should not have that. Uh, on the first Sunday of every month, there shall be no Latin masses in this diocese. Absolutely not. Don't you know how dangerous these old rituals are? And you shall not have baptism in the old rite. You shall not have confirmation in the old rite, confessions, marriages, none of that. It's a danger because what it does is it makes people question and wonder about... <gasps> The inner sanctum of the conciliar church, Vatican II. It is the only dogma that they care about. And it's not even a dogma. It's a pastoral council. But the idea of Vatican II is a dogma. And if you have questions about it, concerns about it, doubts about it, you are anathema. Anathema sit. Oh, and those same people, like the Latin Mass, will then take away the Latin Mass. Do you see the double standard here? Is this not the biggest contradiction in the church today? Someone in the opening says, why are you being so negative? Look, I'm sorry, but Catholics have been worshiping this way for hundreds of years. And Supic says, no, but you can Worship in any way you want. You can make up your own prayers. You can dance. You want to give, you can t text to give right there on the screen. Jazz solo. Okay, now here we're getting ready. This is the offertory. I just want to say... Look at what's there. Looks like a wooden cup. That's not allowed. Wooden, what is that? It's not a ciborium. It's, it's not a patent. It's a boat. And where have we seen the wooden boat before? 
not trying to be a conspiracy theorist person, but where have we seen that boat? Anybody? Anybody want to tell me where we see the boat? That's right. Y'all are getting it. We see it with the Pachamama. And I had the Pachamama boat pick cued and ready to go. But once again, I get on my computer and I cannot find it. But you know the pick. You've seen it. I've shown the pick many times. They carried the Pachamama in her boat. And here, for some reason, they're consecrating the Eucharist in a wooden boat. And I don't think I have ever seen this in my entire life. Real quick, I'm going to... Oops, that's the wrong thing. I am going to, on another tab, I got to pull up the Pachamama boat, just so you can see it. I'm not saying it is the same boat, but in our day and age, as we see these things constantly recycled over and over again, I think there's something going on there. Because what I've seen is Francis loves to troll with the Pachamama. Here it is. Here it is. The boat. This is in St. Peter's Basilica. And I find it amazing. Just amazing. The boat. The wooden boat. That is sort of the shrine of the Pachamama idol. And you'll also remember that they would do the processions with the boat. So... Here is the hierarchs carrying into the Vatican the Pachamama in a boat. Take a good hard look at this Pachamama boat. See him? So we got the boat. She's on a boat. Okay, so now we're going to watch what comes next. Do we decide, is that a peace sign or a Mercedes Jesus, tribal? we thank you for the birth of this day. Yeah. This is not the, this is not even Novus Ordo. He's making up his own offertory. Why can priests not say the traditional Latin mass offertory, but this guy can put on a ma mask on his face and can make up his own offertory? This is a contradiction. We thank you for being the light that breaks the darkness. We thank you for reminding us that darkness has no power. Wherever we go, sorrow is replaced with joy. Again, making up prayers. Totally tolerated by Supich. Hope replaces hope. So we do remember you, Lord. And we remember who we are in you. So help us tonight to be consumed once again with for who are we but we pray in the name of he who can do all things for it is through him and with him now wait a second our salvation he invited us to straighten out our backs to and gave the bread to us and said take this all of you and eat this for this is my body which is given up for you 
And then he took the cup of wine. And again, Father, gave you thanks and praise and blessed the cup and gave it to us and said, take this, all of you, and drink. Why do they always have to do the 360 thing? It's like a grace sprinkler. I mean, we're offering the Holy Eucharist to the Father, right? It's not like... And then they take the chalice. What is this? The host, the sacrifice, Jesus Christ is offered in obedience to the Father, not to a circular group of people, but the Novus Ordo. They want it to be circular. Yeah, someone said, did he kneel down? I don't, I didn't see, I don't remember. I don't think he did. Again, this is totally legit, guys, but the Latin Mass in Chicago is bad. It's real bad, apparently. Cardinal Supich. And he's a friend of Pope Francis, so he would know. The blood of the new and the lasting covenant it is shed for you and for all people that sins may be forgiven. Do this and remember me. This mass does not follow the missile. It's illicit. All right, it's illicit. I didn't say invalid. Illicit. So we do remember you, Lord. He did bow there, didn't genuflect. And we remember who we are in you. Ever and ever. Well, I want to hear this. To help us tonight. To be He's making up his own Eucharistic prayer. Once again with that light. Help us tonight to let that light be given new courage and new strength. Do we just want to note that the candles are all on one side of the altar or a key table. I've been pointing this out now for months, maybe a year now. They love to put the candles all on one side. I don't know. And then they got to have lots of plants and greenery around it. Checkbox. Yes. Checkbox. Yes. Go from here and break the darkness that has a hand on our world, our families, our communities. Help us to be that light, to not waiting to see who else or what anybody else will do, but what we will do in our own space and with the people and the places we go. This is our prayer. And we make it not in our own name. For who are we? But we pray in the yeah, name. For who are we? You're making up your own mass, dude. I don't know if people, are they socially distancing here? I don't know. Please, to invade his world. Lord. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. And again, I mean, some of you may or may not like jazz. I like jazz. I was actually listening to Miles Davis kind of blue album today in the car. I enjoy it. I just don't enjoy it at mass. But remember, the Novus Ordo specifically states that the music, all of that should, can be adapted to the local culture. So again, if this is Chicago and the local culture appreciates jazz, then that's enculturating the liturgy. 
again, this is why some people say, I don't like, I like your shows, Taylor, but you know, sometimes I feel like you're a little bit hard on the Novus Ordo. Our Novus Ordo is very reverent. Father's really good. And I understand that and I salute that and I appreciate that. But, but at its core, in its essence, it is malleable. It is created in order to be this. Seventy-three people to carry the, the pictures of our children of hope and justice. May the body of Christ be, and may Satan continue to be. Till we meet again, be blessed and be a blessing, somebody. All right. I'm done with that. I'm done with Pachamama boats. Don't want that. No. You know what I want? I want that good old timey religion. Traditional Latin mass. That's what I want. I want to walk into church as I did on December 24th at around 11.30 p.m. Went into a church that was completely dark with just, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 candles around the altar. A crush scene with Christ in it, candles around it, a kneeler in front of it. And we went in and we entered into the presence of Jesus Christ, born of the blessed and immaculate Virgin Mary. It was quiet. It was still. There was nothing that we were going to add by our own humor or grooviness or ingenuity. That we, Father wasn't there to entertain us, to make us laugh, to make us cry, to talk about racism and sexism and diseases and Omicron or whatever. Father was there to celebrate the holy sacrifice. And in his sermon, he preached about how Christ is born in the manger laid in a manger, born in a cave, but laid in a manger. And he comes not simply to be a man, fully God, fully man, but he comes to be a redeemer. He comes to be a sacrifice, the Lamb of God. That moment in Bethlehem leads up to the crucifixion and where we were uh, in this fraternity of St. Peter Chapel, uh, I, I don't know if the parishioners did it or father did it, but there's a, a really nice kind of ancient crucifix above the, the altar, the high altar. And then behind it, they had a very beautiful tapestry of Mary and Joseph and then our Lord Jesus Christ lying in the manger. I posted it on Instagram. Oh, and by the way, y'all should follow me on Instagram. I'm doing more Q&As and live stuff and posting some more personal stuff, um, kind of using Instagram for that purpose and then YouTube for a longer format. So if you want to be on the shorter format and the Q&As and things like that, follow me on Instagram. It is Dr. Taylor Marshall, Dr. Taylor Marshall on Instagram. Go ahead and jump over there and uh, and follow if you want to be part of that kind of stuff. I did post the the image from from Christmas, 
and let me see here. Maybe I can just post it from my phone here. It was really beautiful. But the whole point is, is that the cross of Christ was on top of, symbolically in the church, the crucifixion of Christ was interposed with Christ as an infant. And what that reveals is that, here it is. Let me see if I can get it here. I don't, here we go. Oh, you're gonna love this picture. If it'll work, there we go. Airdrop it to computer. All right. What it teaches us is that Christ as the infant, the King of Kings as a baby, has a vocation, has a divinely made destiny to be the sacrifice for our sins. And that's why midnight mass in the depths of the darkness, it's the holy sacrifice of the mass. We experience the representation of the crucified offering of Jesus Christ to the Father interposed with the baby Jesus. Here it is. Hopefully it shows up good. There we go. That's the altar that we saw on Christmas Eve. Isn't that lovely? Okay, so what you see here, you can see the, the there's actually kind of an ambo in the way that's white, but you can see the altar behind. And you see the crucifix, and then you see this very nice tapestry, right, with Mary on the left and Joseph and Christ in the middle. This, for me, was so powerful. And it taught me, and more importantly, it taught my children, my young Catholic children, what Christmas is all about. Yes, Wise men brought gifts to Christ and we, and we exchanged gifts. But the greatest gift that was ever made was when Christ made a gift of his life on the cross for the salvation of sinners. That's what it's all about. And the traditional Latin mass is oriented to this reality. Sacrifice, oblation, suffering, and silence. It is not a Broadway show. It is not something that we get to make up every year like it's, you know, a pageant. That's Protestant. Protestants do pageants. Christmas is, say it with me, Christ Mass. Christ Mass. And Mass is sacrifice. So when you hear us say, we want to worship in the ways of our forefathers, we are not being negative, we are being positive. We are actually being progressive. And by progressive, I mean, what is the only way that we can progress, make progress to heaven and to a civilization that recognizes Christ as king, as crucified king? It's the traditional way. What made Europe Christendom? What created that integration of all facets of life? The holidays, the years, the buildings, the architecture, the art, the politics, the economy. Yes, there was bad times and abuses, but that integration happened because people went every single Sunday to the mass that I went to on Sunday and on Christmas, the holy sacrifice of the mass. The Mass as it was celebrated by Pius X and Pius V and Bonaventure and Thomas Aquinas. 
all the way back to Gregory the Great. And then in a form, more or less the way we see the traditional Latin Mass today. Before that, going back to Pope Damasus in the 380s. I have a whole online course on the traditional Latin Mass. You can take it at newsaintthomas.com if you're interested. Go to newsaintthomas.com. Winter enrollment is almost over. So if you want to enroll, do it now. newsaintthomas.com. So yeah, someone said here, clarify on the live chat. There's no sense of the sacred. And that's right. If it's all about me and you, if I'm writing the prayers and I'm doing the dancing and I'm doing the lights on and off and there's a lady on a microphone screaming about racism, and that's all about us. And yes, in a way it is about us because Christ came. The only reason there is a sacrifice to the mass is because Christ wants to save us. But us is not the center. The center is Jesus Christ. The center the true priest, the priest of all priests, is Jesus Christ, the high priest, the solemn high priest, the priest in the order of Melchizedek, the eternal high priest. That's the center. And what the problem is, is Blaise Supich doesn't either accept that or he doesn't know it. He wants the Mass on the first Sundays of the month and on the holy days, such as Christmas and Easter and Pentecost, he wants it to be circular, imminent, and focused upon us. As you just saw in all the video clips, that was a perfect exhibit of what I would call narcissism. Narcissism. didn't even use the prayers of the church, but made up your own prayers. As if you, the priest, are equal to the combined collective wisdom of saints and popes over 2,000 years. You're just going to bounce up there and make an ad hoc Eucharistic prayer. Can you imagine if just for a moment... The Eastern Orthodox, we're always trying to be ecumenical with the Eastern Orthodox. Can you imagine showing them that liturgy and being like, yeah, we just want to be in union with you guys. The Eastern Orthodox would grab their nose like this and they would walk away because of the stench. They know that the divine liturgy, not human liturgy, the divine liturgy is centered on Christ and the sacrifice of Christ and of reverence. And in places, silence. And then the prayers of the great saints and fathers of the church. So while the liturgies are named after fathers, like the liturgy of St. Basil and the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom. So what we have to do is we have to pray. We have to be willing, if we can, not everyone can, but if you can, move to a place where you can get the traditional Latin mass and a traditional Latin parish. And if they take that away, then we will pray our traditional rosaries and teach our traditional catechism and we will suffer. We will suffer. You know, I learned a new phrase. It's called, uh, maybe I forgot already. Um, 
Like reasonable detachment. Reasonable detachment. There's certain things that you can't change. What you have to do is internally change in order to survive or to make things better. For example, the sun always rises in the east. So if, for example, the sun comes in the window where your bed is and hits you in the eyes, you don't like it every day. You can't complain and moan and be upset about how the sun rises. The only thing you can do is move your bed or get a new house. Right? You have to have a certain detachment about just the way things are. And the way things are right now, by God's permission, is he has elevated Cardinal Supic as the number one cardinal in America. The most influence with Pope Francis. And he has placed Pope Francis in the Vatican. And God in his wisdom and his miracles could intervene and change all of that. But until that happens, we have to have a rational detachment. It's one of the things that's interesting of my friends who have been attending the Society of St. Pius X for a long time. You know, during the COVID, everybody got, got commingled. We learned from one another. I've noticed in the Fraternity of St. Peter, there's more discussion about what's going on in Rome and Pope Francis and all that. But I've noticed the SSPX, there's sort of a culture of Man, things have been a long, been kind of rough for decades. And they've kind of become, I don't want to say used to it, maybe that's bad, but there is sort of a, a reasonable or a rational detachment. Like, yeah, things in Rome are pretty rough. And you have to get to a point where you have to identify it, you have to let people know. I mean, I think one of the things that I do in this podcast and YouTube is I'm trying as just a dad on a webcam with zero authority, show you what I just showed you and explain to you from my own personal life how becoming a Catholic, a Roman Catholic, following tradition has transformed my life, brought joy, brought me, and by joy, I mean my wife and joy in my life. My wife's name is Joy. She was born on August 15th. My eight children, the blessings that are in my life, the opportunities that are in my life, all of that is from the Pearl of Great Price, which is the traditional one true Catholic faith that never changes, does not change. Anybody who says it's changed, well, that's how Catholicism, that's what we used to believe, but now we believe this. No, 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 no. Don't believe those people. What we have to do is have a reasonable detachment from this chaos, and then we have to, just like if the sun always comes up in the same place and hits you in the face in the morning. You don't want that. You got to move your bed. You got to move parishes. You got to adjust your family life. You've got to relearn parts of Catholicism that you were taught that were either misunderstood or incorrect or even perhaps heretical. Maybe you were taught heresy in your RCIA. You got you to relearn that. You got to get orthodox. You got to also, when the wolves are amongst the sheep and the wolves are wearing sheep's clothing, you got to learn how to protect yourself. You got to signal the alarms. You got to tell the other sheep, hey, there's a wolf over there. That's not a wolf and a sheep. No, it's a wolf dressed up as a sheep. Why don't we all go over here? Because I don't want to get bitten or eat, and I don't want that wolf to eat my kid. And in the allegory, in case you're following, that is make your child lose their Catholic faith. So, detachment. 
unless you're the Pope watching, hello, Francis, you do not have the authority to get rid of soupage right now. So there's a certain detachment, and then you make adjustments. I said the other day, you might have to move. That's why I always say, contact Real Estate for Life, realestateforlife.org. They can help you find a good Catholic pro-life realtor to get you relocated. Maybe you just have to drive 50 minutes. And if none of those things are possible, Jesus understands and plead with him in prayer for help. And he will help you. He is the good shepherd. He wants you to be in a green pasture. He wants you to have good food and clean running water. That's what sheep need in order to thrive. He wants his sheep to thrive. We just got to, you know, if you're a sheep and you're away, you got to go back, back. And then the shepherd, oh man, my sheep's way over there. I go get them. In your prayer every day, if you're isolated, lift up your back. Jesus, help me. Bring me over here. I need food. I need grass. I need water. I need you to protect my little sheep. That's what we got to do. This reasonable detachment. I'm not saying be perfectly stoic. But I am saying you need to not let yourself sink into depression or bad moods. You need to continue to have joy and happiness. And the way you do that, I have found in my life, is by gratitude. Thanking God for what I have. And when I do that, there's a certain peace involved. And of course, the word gratitude or thanksgiving in Greek is Eucharistia, Eucharist. So bringing your gratitude and your thanksgiving to the Mass, to the Eucharist, uniting all of this, integrating all of this, is the key to life. All right, let's say a Hail Mary for everyone who is abusing the liturgy. Nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or Pernobis peccatoribus, nunc creator mortis nostrae. Amen. Sancta Maria, or Pernobis, Sancta Joseph, or Pernobis, nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right, Merry Christmas. Happy Feast Day of St. Thomas Becket. That's today. I have a son named Becket in honor of St. Thomas Becket, so if you would, please give me a gift, a Christmas gift, and say a prayer for my good son, Becket. He's a great kid. Um, he was the one with me, by the way, when I gave um, Francis the uh, copy of the first copy of Infiltration. That was uh, Beckett right there with me. Let me see if he's in the picture. Nope, he's not in this picture. But in other pictures that you've maybe seen right to my right is, is Beckett. He was with me. So actually, Beckett took this picture. I just realized that. So today's Beckett Saint Day. Please pray for Beckett. I appreciate that. And pray the rosary every single day or you're not on the team. Keep praying that rosary. Find a traditional Latin Mass. If you're not at traditional Latin Mass or your family's not down with it, I'm going to make a Lenten challenge this year. And I'm going to challenge you to just go to Latin Mass for the six Sundays of Lent. A trial period and see how it goes. I'm going to push that hard this year. Um, I said go to confession often. Read the Bible every day. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed. Merry Christmas.